Hey there, welcome to the TMAC Jordan podcast. This is your host, Jonah, and I'm broadcasting from southern Indiana right now. Um, So just a very uh, brief recent news before I dig into the season openers of the NBA. The regular season is here. It's very exciting. Um, Just real quick, I wanted to mention and talk about uh, the Gold-Blooded documentary series uh, that they they had been... Uh, airing episodes of uh, the past month. Um, I'm not sure how when it first started. Maybe it's only been a couple weeks, um, but just very recently. So the uh, the gold blooded. Um, yeah, no, it's been it's been about a month I think since they started. But uh, the gold blooded uh, uh, documentary series about the Warriors and this this past season and their historic run and everything. It's really really cool. Um, like I mentioned. On a previous episode briefly about it um it's you know it kind of feels uh like a mini version of the last dance um but about the warriors and uh it's really cool it's narrated by andre ugodala which is really sweet and uh i mentioned briefly about uh, i already talked about episodes one through three um previously but uh i fully caught up on it and i watched episode four five six and then seven uh that just came out um, and it was really great. Um, episode four really uh, focused in on Clay Thompson and you know the story of his injuries and and uh, that you know that whole challenge for the team and for him. So it focused uh, major- uh, the majority of that episode was focused on Clay Thompson, and then uh, and then it went into uh, All Star Weekend um, and that whole experience and Steph and his 16 threes, all that. And then it just talked more about the se- the season injuries of uh, like Draymond Green being injured the day that Clay came back and then Steph being injured after, after that. And, you know, the whole, the whole reality of uh, those three guys having only played 11 minutes together in the last three years. And, um, still coming back after all the adversity, not playing together more than 11 minutes in, in three years, and then coming back and winning, winning a championship. And so episode four really focused on that. Uh, episode five and six uh, dug into the playoff run, um, the, the whole playoff run and the different series. And then uh, final the finals game one, uh, one, two, and three. And then... Uh, episode seven was the finals games uh, four, five, and six, and their historic win and, and all of that. Um, so it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, it is uh, ended now, um, but uh, I really liked it. It was good. It's uh, each episode is uh, around ten minutes, some a little longer. The final episode is about sixteen minutes. So all in all, to watch the whole thing is probably like an hour and a half. Um, but it's really good. If you just watch it in small chunks, it doesn't seem that long. And it's really, really a real fun experience to watch. So definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't already. The Gold-Blooded documentary series about the Warriors uh, season last year. Very good stuff. Um, so now I'm going to dig in to opening season, the season opening nights. Um I I was able to watch the first three nights. I was able to watch a total of six games. So when I kind of go over some games or or stat lines and stuff, I'll mainly like you know most obviously I'll probably focus the most on the games I watched. Obviously, but um, I'll still talk in you know anything notable that I feel I want to mention. I will, um, and so you know this is kind of a a, a podcast, a platform to be able to share my thoughts on players and game stats, and also just to keep people updated that may not be checking the stats every day or or watching all you know watching that many games. So it's also a way to just kind of hear some of the um, scores and things that have happened. So it'll be kind of a combination of that, and we'll see how it progresses as the season goes on. But uh, first, I'm going to yeah focus on those first three nights. 
um, mainly. I think that's what I'm going to focus on this episode. And then I think there's another game or two after that uh, and things that I want to mention. But the the, the regular season openers uh, for these teams are, are going to be the ones I focus on. So o- o- very first opening night, we had uh, the Celtics versus the 76ers. And uh, this is a game I watched. Uh, the Celtics versus the 76ers. And the Celtics won uh, 126 to 117. And um, it was it was a fun game, uh, but uh, you, I could definitely see like some of the 76ers' weaknesses, um, and uh, they're just. Mm. I mean, you you can't judge too much off of regular season games, especially the first game, but it's just things that that testify to. I, I've never seen the Sixers as a contender. They're one of those teams that every year. A lot of people are like, man, they're contenders. They could win a championship. And I just, I don't think so. I don't see it. Um, I think they're great and they have a really good roster, but they just, they just, they aren't on that level to me. And I think they have weaknesses, but some things I want to mention about the game that I noticed is, um, Joel Embiid, he's a great rim protector, like a, uh, a down low defender, um, but overall, as a defensive player, like he he has some weak, serious weaknesses because of his size and his slow feet. And they were running like the drop coverage um, with Embiid. So, but what I what I really noticed was beyond just running that drop coverage, which that is you know that is normal um, to try to limit um, the weakness because he can't keep up with. Um, an offensive player on the three-point line, they can just drive right past them. So there is, you know, a level of that that makes sense that they that they need to run that. But what I noticed is like his own choice to have so much space from another player. Like there was a few plays, and it was only in like the first half of the game that I saw it happen a handful of times. Is he had so much distance between him and the player on the three-point line that they just bombed a three and he didn't even contest or get closer or anything like he just kept that great distance and they just bombed threes in his face and and it was just I was just like oh my gosh like he doesn't even try because he's so scared they're gonna drive past him so that was um uh yeah that was interesting to see um, if you watch that game, you might know some of the plays I was talking about, but that was just weird that Embiid, uh, just doesn't even contest. I, so that was kind of, kind of off to me. Maybe the coach already corrected it. I may, I may be reading, reading into that a little too much, but it was weird because he just like didn't contest those shots at all and just like sat there far back. And it's like, man, as soon as you see that they're going for that shot you gotta lunge at him you can just stay back so far and let him shoot so that that was a little a little odd to me clear just defensive error on some of those plays but again i might be reading into it a little too much and we'll see if it continues at all but um the double the double and triple teams that the the celtics were uh doing against Embiid were fantastic. They did an excellent job. The timing of those uh, double teams, they've really shut him down and and lim- or maybe not shut, they didn't shut him down, but they limited him um, pretty greatly. And um, yeah, I thought they were, they were doing a really great job, at least in the first half, that is. Um, uh, Tobias Harris had this play, this pull-up jumper that was just beautiful. I gotta I gotta find the highlight on that one um, because that was really nice. Um, <laughs> um, James Harden had a play um, where he did this ankle breaking like dribble move on a guy, and then he had all that extra time because the guy literally fell on the ground and he did his little shimmy thing, and the, and um, and then he airballed it completely, and it was it was like hilarious, like. Not to make fun of him, but it was just like, I knew, I was like, that's going to be on Shaq and a Fool, and guess what? It was on Shaq and a Fool, because it was just like, man, (laughs) 
you you can't airball after doing something like that. Like you did your dribble move, that's great. And then but but then you did the little shimmy was which was like a prideful kind of like I'm a baller statement. And then he airballs it. So that was that was just priceless. I knew it would be on Shaq and Fool. But then what happened immediately after that airball is uh the Sixer or the uh, Celtics got the rebound and they were in a quick transition immediately threw it down the court and James Harden didn't even play defense. He like didn't even try and they just scored like so easily. He and he could have actually made a difference and possibly stopped them on the defensive end, but I think I don't know if he was just so embarrassed by what happened or what, but it was it was funny. Now that was just one play. He actually played decent defense. So, and and on that note, I'm going to talk about the stats from that game. So, James Harden, um, he had 35 points, uh, eight rebounds, seven assists, and he shot 64%. He had five three pointers, shooting at at 56%, and just three turnovers. And like I said, he actually had decent defense. He had some uh, good effort most of the game. Other than that play, that was funny (laughs) but um that game really showed me like Harden like he's in shape now you can look at the they had like images on the screen of of what he looked like uh last year compared to this year and uh he looks a lot more toned like he uh lost some some uh weight and put on you know a little more toned muscle in in place of that and he he has some of his uh speed back and some of his old James Harden offensive abilities, um, immediately we see that, that they're back. So that's really good for, for the Sixers. And it was fun to watch. Um, but yeah, he had 35 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Um, Harden, James Harden played, played really great. Um, and, uh, Joel Embiid, he had 26 points, uh, 15 rebounds, five assists. Um, he was only one of six on, or uh, only one of six on three pointers. So that's something I don't know why he tries to shoot three so much because he's not that great, um, and so that's kind of a weakness. Um, some of that delusion of like going for those shots that aren't super efficient. I'm not saying you can't shoot them ever, but shoot them less, and you shouldn't be one for six. Um, that's yeah. I mean, you don't have the right to shoot that many. I, I don't think if you're not good at like. If you don't have a historically have a good percentage at that range, um, and he also had six turnovers. So, they like I said, they they didn't st- like shut down Embiid, but they limited him very well. Um, he did still score twenty six, but he had the one for six from threes, and he had and he had six turnovers. So that shows that they did they did a good job on him. Now they didn't shut him down, but they had a good effort. To really limit him, um, but he had, yeah, that he had the 15 rebounds, five assists, also like I said, um, but some weaknesses like the turnovers in the in the three point shooting and the defensive plays that I noticed that were just like, come on, man, that's crazy. And they're used, to, like I said, they're used to running that drop coverage on the screens and everything. But I think Embiid is so used to hanging back and not guarding the three point line, it seems. And again, I might be judging it a little too soon. I'm going to keep my eyes out for it as I watch more games. But there were some plays that were just like, dude, you didn't even try to play defense. Like You'd literally let them shoot wide open. And so he definitely has weaknesses on perimeter defense. He's a great, you know, uh, download defender. And I've, I've seen video of him like talking about how he wants to win defense player of the year. And I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't see that happening. Not with those weaknesses. He is a good defender, down low that is. But of course, a big guys aren't necessarily going to be great at defending the perimeter unless you're some athletic freak. But still, um, big weakness. Um, let's see. Ty- Tyrese Maxey had 21 points. Uh, Tobias Harris had 18 points. Uh, he had three steals as well. And then for the Celtics, Jalen Brown had 35 points, uh, shooting uh, 58%. That's fantastic. Uh, Jason Tatum had 35 points, shooting at 65%, with 12 rebounds and 4 assists as well. Amazing. Um, So both those guys had 35 in the opener at at super high efficiency. And uh, 
And then Brogdon, uh, off the bench, he had 16 points for them, four assists, two steals, and shot 64%. So that's a good good uh, first game uh, with the Celtics for Brogdon. So um, overall, yeah, the Celtics were just better, and they didn't they, they had a lot less of those weaknesses, like I said, with the Sixers. But um, Harden looked great, Embiid. Um, was played well in certain ways and other ways he just had some big weaknesses Tyrese Maxey looks great Tobias Harris is a great I mean your fourth best player on your team is Tobias Harris that's a pretty awesome starting lineup um and then the Celtics they looked great and uh Jalen Brown and Tatum were were excellent so that was a fun game um very fun game um I look forward to see more of what those teams are going to look like this year now on to the next game on opening night is uh, the Warriors versus the Lakers. Um, the Warriors won. Not a big big surprise to me for this matchup. Warriors won 100, 123 to 109. Um, this was a really special game because it started with the ring ceremony. Uh, we got to see the Warriors all get their their uh, their champion championship rings for the uh, for this past season. Um, we got to see them hang up the banner in Chase Center uh, in Chase Center, Center Chase Center. That's not a place. Chase Center. Um, they, we got to see them hang the banner there, which was really cool. Um, that was just so exciting. That was that's when it like the whole championship win and everything this year. That the that was just kind of the final experience of it that made it just feel so real and fantastic i i really enjoyed that that ceremony was really excellent um in the beginning of this game um steph curry had these incredible cutting layups where steph does what he does best with you know one of i mean other than shooting but he does this best too is his off ball movement and as soon as he passes a ball he just he doesn't take a rest and let someone else he you know take o- take over the momentum he immediately goes into quick explosive running mode um or he just does it randomly even if he didn't just pass it just it's not always a give and go but um Steph just that his expert off ball movement and he had these incredible cutting layups like one after the other in uh towards the beginning of the game uh, for sure, like the first quarter, uh, first half at least. I don't know if there were, there wasn't as many highlights of that in the second half, so they probably limited it a little bit more. But man, they were amazing, beautiful. Um, in the third quarter, Clay uh, had a really good, uh, nice little run there where he had three, three uh, swishes, three possessions in a row. Little taste of. Um, the old clay uh, for a minute there that was really nice um westbrook had this insane air ball that was just like oh my gosh another like <laughs> shacked in a fool kind of moment um and he had just some bonehead turnovers but i mean that's that's nothing new um but i, I have some positive things to say about him as well in this game but um i'll get to that in a second um but Steph, um, he hit that. So the game, you know, was kind of – the Lakers were still in it for a while. But then in the third quarter, the momentum just was shifting and, and the, the, the Warriors just kept going up and up in the lead. And uh, Steph hits, hits this three for the 20-point lead in the game. And then that's when everybody knew – this game's over. Like, they're they're winning this game. That that was the moment when Steph hit that three pointer and they took that twenty point lead. We all knew this game's over. Um, so my thoughts. On, so Anthony Davis, he's returned now after being out for a very long time. And my thoughts on that were like, like at first, he really wasn't playing very smart. He was he he almost seemed afraid. Like he was doing some weird like awkward fadeaway jumpers and stuff and not like trying to get close to the basket and I know he can hit jumpers and he can do those sometimes but it was like not in a rhythm it was it didn't look natural it looked very like he was yeah he just looked like he was afraid to to go down low and to to make good plays it was weird he but so at first it was like that he kind of seemed 
just nervous and really out of sync. But eventually he he uh, kind of figured things out and he started looking um, a lot better, a little bit more like um, the Anthony Davis we've known in the past. Now, he wasn't great. I'll get to his stats in a little bit. But um, he still showed that he has a lot of skill. Um, LeBron is LeBron. He's uh, amazing. It's amazing. To, it was amazing to watch his first game of his 20th NBA season. That was super cool. Um, I mean, he's. He, it's amazing what he can do at his age. In his 20th season, we've never seen a player play at his level in their 20th season. We've never seen anything close to it. And so, like, LeBron's stats. I'll get into some stats for the game now. Um LeBron's stats, he had 31 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Now, he did have 5 turnovers, which isn't the greatest, but um, he was still great. He only shot 48%, so it wasn't over 50 like we're used to seeing for LeBron, but 48 still great percentage. And it was just like LeBron is still great. He's not, a, he's not the best player in the world anymore, but he's still one of the top guys in the world, like top five, top 10 players in the world in his 20th season. And it's just unreal. I'm, I, I'm actually going to enjoy watching the Lakers anytime I get to this year, just because of that, because that that's just super amazing. Um, let's see, AD, uh, Anthony Davis had 27 points and six rebounds. Now he only shot 45.5%. Um, in those 27 points, which is, it wouldn't be bad if he was a guard doing that, but um, as a big, as a, as a center, 45% is not good. So like I said, he, he wasn't consistent. He had some uh, definitely uh, issues in the beginning, but he started to show, you know, some of his skills and everything. And so he's still, if he can stay healthy, he's still going to be Anthony Davis. He just health is the main thing but he was definitely inefficient overall um but yeah moving on uh what uh russell westbrook had 19 points uh three assists four turnovers um and he actually shot at 58 percent in this first game which is um he did he actually did okay at like driving in and scoring and getting those 19 points um at that 58 percent but yeah again he had some of those just dumb turnovers um, he only had four, but it was just some really, really bonehead, stupid ones. And then he had some of those airball, like that airball three and things like that were just like, oh gosh. So he didn't show like an, an entire game of that Westbrook, like shacked in a full like <laughs> stuff. But uh, there was definitely some that affected his performance overall. But but he was okay. Um, off, he was okay offensively. Uh, minus those things I mentioned, but on the defensive end, I mean, you get, you get nothing from Westbrook. He's not, not smart on the defensive end. He's decent at on, uh, on ball defense. If he actually plays on ball defense, um, he's actually pretty decent because of his strength and speed. But that aside, he is horrible. He, he doesn't even play defense. Um, but Enough about that. Um, Patrick Beverly only had three points, one out of five. Not a great night for him, but he but he did have four steals, and played you know good good uh, defense like he always does. Um, Kendrick Nunn had 13 points off the bench for the Lakers, um, and shot 55 percent, and so that's that was a good um, good addition for for him or a good uh, performance from him. And it was his first game back in over a year since he left the Heat. That was his first game playing. Um, cause he joined the Lakers last year and he was out the whole season. And, uh, so that was good to see him, uh, return and have a decent, uh, a solid performance of 13 points off the bench for, uh, 55% shooting. So now to some, uh, warrior stats, um, Andrew Wiggins had 20 points, six rebounds, four assists and shot at 57%. Um, his three pointers were also at 57%, um, and he totally shut down Westbrook on some plays where Westbrook couldn't even couldn't even back him down, couldn't get around him or anything. Um, it was pretty excellent. That's Wiggins' amazing defender. Um, 
yeah, Wiggins is an amazing defender, and he just totally shut Westbrook down on some of those plays. Um, Clay Thompson at 18 points, three assists, not too bad. Um, Steph Curry did what Steph Curry does. He had 33 points, six rebounds, seven assists, four steals, one block. Um, and Jordan Poole had, uh, he only had 12 points. He wasn't shooting well, uh, but he did have seven assists. So that shows some of that great Warriors mindset, the culture they have, that Steph Curry-like mindset where he's not shooting well, but he learned how to impact the game in other ways. So he, he had seven assists, which is fantastic. Um, and so that is it for opening night. Now the very the next night uh, we had the Bulls versus the Heat. The Bulls won by eight, and uh, I actually was re- pretty surprised. I mean, I'm diehard Bulls fan, um, but I the Heat are just better. I love the Heat too because I love Jimmy Butler. Um, but the Bulls, I def are definitely my team, and uh, I actually was surprised they won. But I was I was glad for sure. Um, DeMar DeRozan, he had 37 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, shot 64%, and he had some serious clutch plays at the end of the game. And that, oh man, I'll get into it in a second. But we know DeMar is back the way he was last year, kicked off the season on an incredible um, high note, um, playing at uh, MVP type of a game, you know. 37 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, uh, and 64% on that 37 points. 37 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals. Shot 64% on those 37 points. It's amazing game. And he had just incredible clutch plays at the end in those last couple minutes. And at the very end, he hit the he hit that clutch three-pointer that it, it wasn't a game winner because they weren't down. Um, but it, it sealed the game for them. So he hit that clutch three, and it was just like, oh, man, DeMar is amazing. It was so cool to watch. Um, uh, Vucevic only had 15 points. He not very efficient. He was 38.5%, so he was really struggling that first game. But he had he did have 17 rebounds. He added two assists, and he had three blocks. So he still contributed, uh, even though he wasn't shooting well. Um, Don Sunmo, who is, uh, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Don Sun, Don Sunmo, Don Sunmo. He's the, he's starting point guard for them right now while Lonzo Ball is still out. And he had a great first game. He had 17 points at, on 50% shooting, um, six rebounds, four assists, two steals. So that was really great. Um, uh, Goran Dragic as, <clears throat> Goran Dragic as his, uh, it was his first game for the Bulls and he had 12 points off the bench. And he had this circus three that was just amazing. He just had this three-pointer that he threw up that was like a circus shot. It was really awesome. Um, Caruso had some really great hustle plays in that game, um, doing what you know his expertise is. He's just a hard worker and does you know just gives that extra hustle unlike most people. Um, and it was really cool to watch. Um, for the Heat, Jimmy Butler had 24 points, uh, 14 free throws um, for those points. So they he was drawing fouls really well, which he's really good at, one of the best in the world at. Um, and he had eight rebounds, three assists as well. Uh, Bam, I know I'm not going to share any stats on his. He just had a really tough game, though, <laughs> really tough game. He had a couple good dunks, and but, uh, yeah, a tough game for, for Bam, um, but it happens. Um, Tyler Hero off the bench, doing what he does. Six man of the year, Tyler Hero. Um, twenty three points on fifty three um, percent shooting, which is fantastic. He had six rebounds, two steals, one assist. Um, he had eleven points uh, in the first five minutes of of being in, um, which was he he just yeah very very good performance. Uh, Max Struess uh, was really good. He he had 22 points on 78% shooting. He made five three-pointers, and he had seven rebounds, so he was really great. Um, so now moving on to the Mavs versus the Suns on the, the second night, so the season opener for both, team, both of these teams. Uh, the Suns ended up winning by two, but 
It was a massive comeback. They were down by 22 beginning of the second half. And uh, the Suns came back and won by two. It was like, holy cow. Um, So the momentum was in the favor of Dallas, for sure, for the whole game. And then about halfway through the third quarter, Cam Johnson had this, there was this great play uh, in transition where Chris Paul was going down. um, And as soon as he hit about close to the three-point line, he passed it off to his left to Cam Johnson, who did like a nice little jump, uh, jump stop type of just like set up for I don't know remember if it was a jump stop but he did a nice little setup for a three-pointer and just bombed it it was just such a beautiful transition three and as soon as that shot was hit it was that's when the momentum shifted um there was now before I I go more on that uh Christian Wood at one point in the game um had 16 consecutive points for Dallas, um, which was what whoa, it was amazing. So that immediately we see that Christian Wood is a great addition to Dallas. Um, Going to fill in some of that scoring ability that we're missing from from Jalen Brunson, and so Christian Wood was great uh, and great start uh, on the team. Sixteen consecutive points. I forget. I think it might have been in the third quarter when he did that, right before the momentum change. So. Um. Yeah, Cam Johnson hit that three, and then so the Dun- the uh, the Suns were down again by thirteen uh, in the fourth quarter. So after that momentum shifted, they didn't take the lead ever, but there that shift they just kept climbing up and getting closer and closer, and then um, they ended up down again by thirteen in the fourth. I think I think that was when Christian Wood actually did a sixteen uh, sixteen consecutive points. Um, but they're down 13 again, and then uh, Cameron Payne uh, hits a three-pointer and then gets this amazing defensive stop, and then the momentum shifted again for them. Um, and then they just climbed back up all the way to winning the game at that point. But um, they actually, what was interesting is they kept Chris Paul out for the for the whole end of the game, like the last... Like, whenever they sat him for his rest in the fourth, um, they, they just kept him out of the game. I, I think he played the beginning of the fourth. And then I want to say it was around halfway through the fourth. They sat him down for a rest, and they ended up just keeping him out of the game because they were, I think, because they just were in the flow, and they just stuck with it. So um, Phoenix is up with 30 seconds left, and Luka gets an and one and ties it up. And so they're tied, and then at the very last the very last play of the game Damian Lee previous previously a warrior um his first game on the Suns he he does like this post-up move and he does he hits this crazy fadeaway game winner it was so cool um so that was exciting really amazing you can see a video of Steph Curry's reaction on that it was really cool um but uh really funny really fun to see and uh after he hits that shot there's still a few seconds left and Luca. Um, shoots a long three and misses it. Game over. Um, but it was a it was a really fun game. Um, I actually watched the first half of it live, and I got tired, and I thought the game was totally over, and so I just was I just stopped watching it. And then the next day, I found out the Suns came back, so I watched the second half of the game the next day because I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to watch that. Um, but some things I want to note in the game as well is like Luca, he hit these insane circus shots um, throughout the game with just just Luca being Luca. Like I remember the first time I watched him, I saw him hitting these ridiculous shots, and I was like, "Wow, that's a lucky shot!" But then he did it again and again, and then I realized as I watched him more, <laughs> that's just how he is like he just does he just makes these ridiculous shots that seem like a total accident but it's just how good he is and he had some crazy ones that were super cool um and uh so um luca he had some plays um where you could really see that he needs to work on his defense he's an offensive machine he's incredible but on the defensive end he's very limited because he's not that quick 
Um, and he's a finesse player. He's a skilled, smart player on the offensive end, a great playmaker, great shooter, all that. But on the defensive end, he definitely needs to figure out how to lessen his weaknesses and to really focus on his strengths and, and, and how to be the most effective. But he had some some plays where he uh, ha- uh, gave some help defense and he just left a sh- left shooters wide open. Like he, he, like there'd be a player potentially driving in and he'd try to provide some help defense for his teammate and he would leave a, a shooter wide open and then it's, they'd pass it to him and then he couldn't recover because he's not fast enough and they would be wide open for the shot. And that happened a handful of times that I was like, dude, don't, don't, don't give that help defense. I understand like coming over to help if he blows past, you know, your teammate and there's no defender in front of him. But he was like trying to have provide some help defense to make it even more difficult for that player and helping his teammate who was still in defensive position in front of them. And then the, there'd be a shooter on the corner just wide open and and they'd pass it right to him as soon as they saw him open. And then, like I said, Luke is not quick enough and he couldn't get back to, rec- he couldn't recover at all to, to contest in any way. And that happened a handful of times that I was just like, man, you can't be doing that. Um, but anyway, Luca had 35 points. He was not not that efficient, only 43.5%. Um, but still, great game overall for him. Nine rebounds, six assists. Um, just not the most efficient game, but it happens. It happens sometimes. Uh, Christian Wood in his first game with Dallas had 25 points, um, shooting at 60%, which is fantastic. He had eight rebounds and two steals as well. Um Devin Booker for the Suns had 28 points on 50% shooting and 9 assists, which is great. That shows he's really been focusing on other aspects of the game because we've, you know, Booker's pretty much, uh, since his career started in the NBA, you know, historically now as a player, he's he's primary, primarily he's a scorer, and that's kind of what we know him for. He's become a pretty decent, pretty good defender now perimeter defender um not amazing but but good um and an an incredible three-level scorer we know that about him but he's it seems like he's starting to learn and add some more to his game and nine assists shows that playmaking coming into his game which is he might be going on another level this year which is really good for for the Suns and for him um they're gonna have a great regular season i I don't think they're going to do much in the playoffs uh, yet again, but they're going to have a, regu- a really great regular season, and uh, Booker might be stepping up on that another level, which might, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, Damian Lee had those am- amazing clutch points. He had a couple plays towards the end um, that were uh, super clutch, amazing, and then the game-winning shot, which was great. Um, Chris Paul had nine assists, to, you know, pretty normal for Chris Paul. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun game to watch. Um, some games I didn't watch, I'm just going to mention a few no, a few notable stats. Not much to talk about, but just interesting. Um, the Magic lost to the Pistons, but um, their rookie debut, Paolo Banchero, he scored 27 points on 61% shooting, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks. And this was history. So... This was a historical moment because since 1969, only three players in their rookie debut, their rookie debut had had 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists. Only three players have done that in their rookie first their first game as a rookie. Kareem, LeBron, and now Banchero. So I just had to mention that because that is amazing. I'm gonna watch. I'm definitely gonna start watching this guy and see how he is. Um, Great draft pick for the Magic. Uh, they actually have a future franchise player, most likely. So very cool. Um, let's see. The Pacers beat the Pistons. Uh, Howie Burton had 27 points, 7 assists for the Pacers. Uh, the Hawks beat the Rockets. Um, the Hawks had four guys with over 20 points, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Dejan- uh, Devontae, how do you, I forget how you pronounce it. Devontae Murray uh, had 11 assists. Uh, Trey Young had a, had a 13 assists. 
Um, I'm just mentioning some notable stats that stuck out to me. Uh, the Pelicans destroyed the Nets 130 to 108. Um, Ingram had 27 points, five assists. Um, Zion had 25 points. CJ McCollum had 21 points, six assists. Um, KD had 32 points, four blocks. Kyrie only had 15 points on 32% shooting and five assists. Not great, um, but it, ha- it happens. Uh, and Ben Simmons in his first game back in a very long time, and his first game ever with the Nets only had four points and five assists. So not not great. Not a great first game for the Nets. Uh, the Cavs lost to the Raptors. Um, Darius Garland ended up getting injured. He got that eye, eye injury, which is unfortunate. But Donovan Mitchell in his opening game with the Cavs had 31, po- 31 points on 57% shooting, 9 assists, and 2 steals. Um, the Raptors, they had six guys with double digits, which was interesting. Um, let's see. The Grizzlies won in overtime against the Knicks. The Knicks had six players in double digits. Uh, Julius Randle had 22 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, two steals. Very good. Um, John Morant had 34 points, nine assists. Fantastic. Did have six turnovers, but kind of balances out with the other impact he had. Um, Timberwolves beat the Thunder. Uh, Gilgo Alexander had 32 points on 52% shooting, six rebounds, five assists, three steals. Uh, the Timberwolves had seven players in double digits. Uh, and Gobert in his first game had a surprising, his first game for the Timberwolves had a surprising 23 points as well as having 17 rebounds. So that was very surprising. <laughs> um, the Hornets destroyed the Spurs by 27. Uh, now, that's surprising because they didn't have any, they didn't have uh, LaMelo Ball. The Spurs aren't a great team, but still. 27 points without your best player. That's pretty impressive. Hornets had seven players in double digits. Spurs had six players in double digits. Uh, the Jazz beat the Nuggets by 21. Jokic had 27 points. Uh, Jamal Murray, uh, his first game back in a long time, only had 12 points. But it's going to take a while to get back into the groove. Uh, Otto, uh, not Otto, uh, Michael Porter Jr. had 15 points in his first game back in a while. Um, Aaron Gordon had 22 points. Uh, Jazz had the Jazz had seven players at double-digit points. Uh, the Blazers beat the Kings. Uh, this was Jeremy uh, Jeremy Grant's first uh, game with the Blazers, and he had 23 points, which is good. Um, Dame shot terribly, but he had eight assists. Um, De'Aaron Fox for the Kings had 33 points on 57% shooting, seven rebounds, seven assists, two steals, but but he. Uh, poorly had eight turnovers, uh, but thankfully he was good in all those other areas for him. But yeah, eight turnovers, not great, but like I said, um, definitely good that he had all those other stats. Um, even though, I guess not because they didn't win, but for him personally, I guess he had a good game besides some, some turnovers. Now, I didn't watch the game, so, you know, it could have been good defense, but... Not that likely being the Blazers. Um, so I think that's going to wrap up the first. Yeah, that'll be the first two nights of games. And and then night three, um, there was two games I watched I want to mention. Um, is the 76ers versus the Bucks. The Bucks won. Uh, Giannis had 21 points on 56% shooting. Uh, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 blocks. Fantastic. And he shot efficiently, but I don't know why he didn't shoot as he didn't uh, have as many field goal attempts. He only had 21 points, but super high, you know, good high efficiency. Um, just the flow of the game, I guess. But I mean, they got the win, so it's all good. But he had those eight assists, three blocks, and he had one block that was just insane, amazing. I got I got to watch the highlight of that again. Um, Embiid only had 15 points for the Sixers, six of 21. Not not good. Uh, 12 rebounds, four turnovers. Four turnovers is a little uh, kind of high for a big guy. Um, James Harden, he still played excellent. Um, 
And on that high level, like I already mentioned earlier, he had 31 points uh, on 54% shooting, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, and 2 steals. Really, really great performance, but they couldn't couldn't stop the Bucks, um on defense. Um, and Harden couldn't win, it, couldn't win it just on his stat line. And Embiid's got to show up. That's the thing. They, they both have to play with kind of their... The way they play, Embiid and Harden, it seems like they both have to play at a pretty high level to to win against good teams. Um, and yeah, so we'll we'll continue to see, I guess, how how the Sixers play out. But it's it's too early to make too many judgments. But so the next game was uh, that I watched was the Clippers versus the Lakers. Uh, Kawhi's first return, you know, his return after being out a whole year. Um, he only played 21 minutes, um, but he had 14 points, uh, uh, six of 12 um, shots, and he had seven rebounds, two assists, one steal. It just was great to see him on the court again, starting to get the you know get into the groove. His first play back in, he he scored immediately. It was really cool. Um, so it was just nice to see him back and starting to you know get a feel for it again. It's going to be cool to see how he how he plays uh, by the end of the season. And if he can stay healthy now, uh, John Wall, his first game for the Clippers and his first time playing in a long time, he had 15 points. Um, he looked really, um, really good in parts of it. He wasn't super efficient in the long run um, uh, for the the long run of the game, but he had some amazing explosiveness and really showed that he still has kept his athleticism and his scoring abilities. So that'll be a nice uh, addition for the Clippers, it seems. Um, for the Lakers, Russell Westbrook had two points. He was 0 of 11, had a crazy air ball, um, just crazy air ball. I think this is the one, I can't remember if it was the first game or this game, where his air ball, it was from the corner, three-point line, and it went over the rim over the other side like not even close it was insane but in this game he was oh oh of six from three-pointer and i just don't even get it every time he shoots a three i i just don't understand why he even tries to like i could understand trying once or twice in a game but oh for six like it's delusional like historically he's a terrible three-point shooter terrible I don't even know why he tries to shoot him, especially 0 for 6, and I've never understood why any coach would allow that to happen. Like, it just doesn't make sense. As soon as he misses two or three in a row, I would just say, don't shoot it again. Like, I, I don't get it why you would shoot threes when you're that bad at them. Like, his percentage for his career is terrible. Um, he also had some really, really terrible defense just terrible defense and I'm not a Westbrook hater I I honor his athleticism his talent but he just has so many weaknesses that I I've just never been able to ignore and I think he's the most overrated player probably of all time um and so it's not that I hate on him like I don't hate him but it's I, there's just some evidence I can't I just can't deny and this game was just terrible and he did have five steals, which seems good on paper, but again, it it really altogether means nothing with all the terrible plays and the terrible defense that he had. Um, and you could say, well, he had five steals, so obviously it wasn't that bad a defense. And it's like the the amount of points that were scored because of his terrible defense. And yeah, the five steals make up for a little bit, but it doesn't change 0 for 11, <laughs> 0 for 6 from 3, and the terrible defense where he got scored on so many times and doesn't guard the three-point line and all that. But anyway, moving on, uh, LeBron had 20 points, only 41% from the field, not a great game. Uh, but the the uh, the couple of players that did play well that were fun to watch are uh, Lonnie Walker. I don't even know who this guy is. I just heard about him um, these last two games. And he was really good. He shows some great speed and athleticism, and uh, he had 26 points and just, yeah, some amazing plays that he had for sure. Um, 
Anthony Davis had 25 points uh, 50 on 56% shooting. Much, much better than the last game. Um, looked a little more like AD. Um, he had that, um, he had a, a fall that looked really kind of scary. We th- it seemed like he had an injury again, and he was limping down. Uh, he hit it, like landed really hard fall on his hip, and he was limping down and not able to keep up at all. They took him out of the game, and it seemed like, oh, man, but they did some therapy on him, and, and they ended up bringing him back in the game, and he was fine. I was actually really surprised. But So, he, yeah, um, he had 25 points and eight rebounds, so that was a uh, good good news for the Lakers that he wasn't actually injured, and hopefully he can stay healthy because he is the key piece for them doing anything this year. Because LeBron is great, but he's not going to – He's not going to do much, but like literally by himself. Like he need if they have him and Anthony Davis healthy, playing at the level that they are able to, you know, at their skill set, then they'll be a good team. They're not going to be a contender still, I don't think, um, but they'll be a good team and a threat on any given night to any two teams, and they'll they'll be able to be in the playoffs. But if if they are healthy, you know, that is really what it comes down to. But so that other than that, they're pretty in bad shape. They do not look they do not look good, that roster. Um but anyway, um I think that's about all I have for you. And that wraps up this episode. I know I spent a lot of time on those, but I really wanted to just talk about the opening nights and I didn't go into super depth on all of it but you know some of the things that stuck out to me and I just wanted to highlight um, a lot of this and I'm just so excited for this season and so I just wanted to really dig into these first games and uh, share my thoughts and the stats and everything that I did so thank you so much for for tuning in and listening to the T-Mac Jordan podcast if you enjoy what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast it's available everywhere you can find podcasts you can find me on facebook and youtube and i also have a wordpress blog if you could like share um and uh all that good stuff that would really be really great it helps uh get the podcast out to more people so share with your friends if uh, you know anybody that might be interested and thank you so much for joining uh this episode of the t-mac jordan podcast (laughs) 